Hey everybody, this is Adam, co-host of the podcast you're about to listen to. Just a heads up before we get started, I'm on tour this week, May 16th through the 20th, with my Unpops Network co-host Chet Wild. We'll be telling jokes straight to your faces in Chicago on Wednesday, Minneapolis on Thursday, Dyersville, Iowa on Friday. That's where they filmed Field of Dreams, baby. Wichita, Kansas on Saturday, and Kansas City, Missouri on Sunday. Get tickets and more details at unpops.com slash tour. We hope to see you there. Thanks. We love you. Enjoy the show. El futuro tiene nada más que la confrontación. Hey, welcome to Unpopular Opinion. I'm your host, Adam Todd Brown. I used to write a bunch of weekly columns for a bunch of internet places, and I would use those columns to put forth all sorts of crazy opinions. Then, I'd come on this show to defend those opinions. But now I don't really do any of that shit. I just do this show. Joining me today, she's a writer. She's a poet. She does a whole bunch of stuff for the Uncops Network, including appearing as a guest on this episode right damn now. Ladies and gentlemen, Samantha Clark. Also joining me, one of them is the co-host of the Profiles and Eccentricity podcast on the Unpops Network. The other is my co-host on the What in the World podcast, also on the Unpops Network. Listen to the show to figure out which is which. Ladies and gentlemen, Quincy Johnson II and Aaron Pita. It's going to be a great show. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the smoothest episode of Unpopular Opinion yet. <laughs> Things are going so well, you have no fucking idea. How are you doing over there, Brett? Great. Brett is doing good. He finally got it together, though. You know what I'm saying? It was, yeah. rocky, it was rocky for the start. but We've been coming down hard on Brett. Yeah. Why? Because it's can. a cool, it's a yeah, it's cool right. thing to do. We have a whole ton of guests today. Whoa, don't and body shame me, bro. <laughs> I'm losing weight. Leave me I alone. Didn't, I didn't want to make it that overt wow, but yeah i feel like be, you've been letting yourself be go a weird a episode bit. please wow. body shame oh. me <laughs> <laughs> that was quincy johnson well the first the, the first person who talked that last person was not quincy johnson mm. hi guys this is quincy johnson second here how are you quincy johnson is my co-host on the what in the world podcast hi i'm aaron that's aaron pita mm. he is one part of the trio that hosts the profiles and eccentricity podcast it's profiles crew I was just on it talking about Vladimir Putin, Vladimir. America's hero. Mm -hmm. Quite an eccentric guy. Yeah. He, he to has say the least. some eccentricities to him for sure. And also joining us, Samantha Clark. How are you doing, Samantha? I am pretty good. What? I said I'm pretty good. Oh, there it is. <laughs> Better if y'all can hear me. <laughs> we can hear you. We can yeah, hear we you can great. Hear. If we couldn't hear you, it would be Brett's fault. Don't worry. We'll yeah. yell at him. We would blame Brett. <laughs> His track record right now. Top notch. <laughs> Samantha is a writer, a poet. You do a whole bunch of stuff for Unpops. Tell the people things about you. You've been on, you were on, what episode were you on before? About um, Antifa. Oh, right, right, right. Mm, Samantha is one of my favorite communists in the world. So, cool. uh, 
I have I have to have her on. So for is Vladimir Putin topics like this? Putin's not really. Well, no, he's not really. No. <laughs> is Samantha Vladimir Putin? <laughs> so yeah, before we get started, I would like to plug the fact that I'm on tour right now. Oh wow! Oh. Or wait, am I on the you in these streets? No, nah, fuck that. This comes know. out after the tour is over. What the fuck am I doing? The tour was great. Thanks for it showing was, up. Thank you, everyone who came out. Well, the people, we, the we fans in Chicago, post, no you did mention the fans in Chicago were assholes and you never want to go there again. No, I think that was somewhere else. Oh, okay. Because Chicago was great to us. But maybe they were assholes this time. Just I don't know. Start, just trying to start fake beef with the city. Yeah. Fake beef in Chicago? We won't have any of oh, that. Oh, no. <laughs> we only have real 100% oh, no. beef. <laughs> One of those guys is here. <laughs> so, Quincy. What's up? What have, how have you been lately? I'm watching Tell me all about I'm it. I'm watching each and every one of you. How's your How's your week been, man? Uh, week's good. Hit though. it, Brett. You know, the hardest part of this show for me is the first few minutes. I don't like this. Because I spend all that time asking everyone else what's going on in their life. I, I, I feel neglected. When all I really want to talk about is what I've been up to since last week. Wow. This must nice. sound so weird for Samantha because she's not hearing any of the music. She just thinks I'm a, she just thinks I'm a, in, I'm a beta male who just lets you talk over me. That's pretty accurate. Oh, it's so intense. Oh, it's yeah. very intense. No, but it's a good way to start the podcast. Yes, yeah, it's it's, all, it, it's just amazing that you played all that music yourself. I do every week. Yeah, everyone, as everyone in the room can attest. Yeah. I can so, feel the heat coming off of the guitar, the bear, yeah. the number of guitars that you're playing at once. Yeah. Three, actually. And the drum set. Right, right. I do that with my foot like the guy from Def Leppard. Mm-hmm. Hey, what's got nine arms and sucks? A spider. A mean spider with an extra arm. Def Leppard. Oh. Because <laughs> the drummer <laughs> lost his arm. <laughs> and I read that in Maxim once. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> it's good because Def Leppard does suck. <laughs> they do suck. So the joke works. If like someone from, I don't know, Nirvana lost an arm, the joke wouldn't work. <laughs> What's got two heads? Didn't he? Sucks. Didn't he lose? He lost a lot more than yeah. An arm. That's why I said, "What's got two heads and sucks." Oh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Foo uh, Fighters after uh, <laughs> not Foo. Oh God, I ruined the joke. Uh, Nirvana after the guy killed himself. That's, a, that's this is joke. such a lighthearted start. Killed for... himself? Have you met Courtney Love? Come on. Yeah. What? Come on. What's you got think Courtney Love is Kurt Cobain with a the same hair? No, I think and Courtney he, yeah. shot him. Oh, okay. Kilted him. Well, this all really ties in well to what we're talking about today. <laughs> uh-huh. It's seamless. It's, yeah. all, it's all about transitions. Fantastic segue into talking about Russia and the fourth political theory. This is such an interesting topic that I had no idea about until we did an episode about Eurasianism on the What in the World podcast a few months ago. And shout out to George Summers. He did the research on that. He suggested it. I had not heard shit about this until that point. This basically for the audience today, going through like what we're going to cover today, this is like you think you're living in a horror movie. I mean, the world has been a horror movie in a way for the last few years. hundred years. Yeah. Yeah. Or actually most of since humans were alive. But like this whole, oh man, are Nazis coming back thing? Trump, that guy seems like a Nazi. Like all this stuff seems like a horror, like a scary movie. And then all this stuff is like the end of the second act where you're like, oh no, I've been in the house with the killer the whole time. (laughs) This is a lot worse than I thought it would be. 
Yeah, it does. It does feel a lot like that. Um, Eurasianism, like the it's basically kind of the defining concept behind what how Russia has been approaching their foreign policy since I don't know, late 90s, two decades now. Since when we won the Cold War, the war that ended 20 years ago Wink. and definitely hasn't continued. No, no. Yeah. Cold no, war ended. because global warming is a thing. Of course, there's no more cold war. It's a warm war. It's so it's, it's a tropical change. war. It's a changing climate. war. It changes. It's more extreme. That's, that's why we. Oh, no. That's why we pulled out of the Paris Climate Accords. We don't want to be a part of that war. Right. We're a peaceful nation. Duh. Come on, people. Keep up with politics. And as Brett mentioned, this is. It, I wanted to do this episode because I feel like we know we're fighting Trump right now. And obviously we are, but looking into this makes me feel like we're fighting something a little bit bigger than that. Trump's actually like a bishop and not like the king or queen of it. Right. Yeah. I mean, there's a reason there's chess. so many Trumps Trump popping up around the world. That was a good chess reference. Yeah. That was pretty great. Thanks. Samantha, how love, much love chess? How much did you know about this before we did this episode i could see you having a little more knowledge of it than most of us or maybe um, i'm wrong <laughs> you're about to get shamed i did personally didn't know specifically about dugan i knew a little bit about the um the kind of strain of thinking that you're talking about right um, and i i know a little bit about like the rise of actually i know more than a little bit about like the rise of fascism in the united states as well as in like europe what's going on in russia does have its own very specific and interesting tone and that's uh that's definitely something that came out of this research for this episode. That's right. Pretty fast. I have a, my, um, my primary partner is um, actually like much more well studied than I am on geopolitics. And I talked to him quite a bit about this. He knows about Dugan. But yeah, like, I, I mean, what I think is pretty interesting about this is that Dugan's work, this fourth political theory that you brought up um, and that we looked at in the notes was, um, is like, like representative, I think of a lot of, the ideological shifts that are happening right now is that the right wing doesn't look exactly the same as it did. And it's right. trying to find a way of, of pushing what it's going for. And the fact that it's reflected here, like so much of it sounds eerie, eerily familiar as what like things that are happening here, I think is significant. Yeah. We're seeing a big movement. Yeah. I, I think the Russian meddling in the election is a good place to start because I think everyone kind of agrees that happened, whether it was direct collusion or not. Who fucking knows? But we know Russia did some shit. But I I don't like the reason why has always kind of been put on Hillary Clinton and that she spoke out against the 2012 Russian elections and Putin had a grudge and decided to get back at her by interfering in our elections, which I don't buy that. I feel like. Yeah, I think that's a cop out. I mean, I think it's a, it's a much deeper deeper grudge against the west than just against hillary clinton right and 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 also just a, a, a straight ethno state pride that that he has for russia and looking out for number one more than just hey she she talks shit so let's completely also destabilize everything that is also yeah. if that were true they'd be like and we're finished <laughs> like they did right. it well congratulations you beat hillary clinton in this made-up scenario like obviously they're trying to do a lot more. Right. Just, the, that wouldn't be yeah. the end game of an yeah, operation exactly. like this. It's not a thing that would happen for revenge. That would be a rook takes queen's pawn 
not a checkmate. All right, you lost me, man. You lost me, man. I don't know if you're talking about sorry or or you know Yahtzee. Mahjong. Okay, that's a that's a heavy reference. So that's kind of what we're talking about is what the roots of Russia meddling in our affairs actually is. Yeah, or most likely is, and it's kind of starts with Alexander Dugan, uh, this the, guy that you guys brought up. Right, the the dude we just talked about. He wrote a book in 1997 called The Foundation of Geopolitics. And for the life of me, I cannot find an English translation of this book. There's one on Amazon, but all the reviews are like, you just ran this through Google Translate. And found it and published it. <laughs> yeah. And they put some of the samples up and it's just incoherent nonsense. Mm. So you kind of have to take the information about this book from sources who've read the book and are interpreting it for you. So for all I know, this book's about fucking Candy Crush, man. Maybe that's the and whole just point. Trying to scare me. That's the whole point, man. Like that's right? the cons- he set the conspiracy up <laughs> two centuries ago. Like <laughs> this is going to be incoherent bullshit. It's going to take over the world. Why do you think mumble rap is happening now? <laughs> it's all in there, man. What if it actually was Candy Crush and like the evil company that like the evil boardroom that was running all of this, their logo is the Candy Crush logo, but like it's spelled with K's instead. Uh, and there's just some of those and backwards R's. some of those Russian characters <laughs> that look like a English characters, but yeah, you know, that's that's it. That's it could it. be that. Candy Crush. Yeah. All right. Or it could be about what people say it's actually about, which I don't want to get too much into Dugan because that would be an entire other episode. This guy's been around a long time. I thought his name was Dalton. Dalton? I was watching Roadhouse last night. I just like (laughs) saying Dalton. (laughs) The name is Dalton. He's a political scientist is the way he's usually described. And a lot of his early stuff involved like mysticism and the occult. Breitbart calls him Putin's Rasputin. Samantha takes issue with that claim. Tell us about it. Well, there's a number of reasons. One, I think Putin is, I mean, like after reading that, I'm not the type of person to be so influenced by someone as, you know, the Tsar was by fucking Rasputin. Like right. Rasputin is like controlling behind the scenes. And I don't think Dugan has that kind of power. No. Um, kind of trying to whisper in, in Putin's ear. I also think it gives him too much credit, honestly. Like Rasputin was like, um, psychotic, but he was brilliant. And like, uh, this guy is not taken that seriously by people who aren't right-wing extremists. I mean, and I get that he has like a little bit more hold than Russia, but still not, um, not the way that kind of Breitbart paints him, which is as if he's like this respected philosopher, because mm-hmm. not. Right. And so. Right. Um, he is pretty, I mean, he is pretty extreme in terms of, you know, trying to hasten the end of days by all, with all at war. Uh, <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, he doesn't, I don't think Putin is letting anybody whisper and I don't think he's letting anybody get close to his ears. Yeah. Um, but I do see the parallels, you know, in terms of his fanaticism and right and manipulation. And he, like you said, his ties to the occult earlier in his right. career, he was, he had some ties and research into the OTO and stuff like that. Um, which Alistair Crowley was in. Yeah. Check out the episode on Profiles of Eccentricity <laughs> of Alistair Crowley if you're interested <laughs> Yeah. The thing is, I don't know if it's so much that he's in Putin's ear. He's just he wrote this book that is depending on who you ask, it's a either a textbook that everyone reads or it's at least a textbook that the military reads. Sure. And the things it lays out are 
happening, which is what makes it so creepy. And they're happening in a way that makes what's happening in the United States a little easier to understand. See, the killer's been in the house the whole time. Right. right. Sort of stuff. Yeah. Because this is it's a thing that's been brewing since 1997 when this book came out. So what are the main kind of points of this book? It calls for the end of American and Atlanticist influence in Russian affairs. And Atlanticism is basically cooperation between the United States, Canada and Europe. People who are involved with that ocean. Right. I mean, this is all a big game of risk, and a lot of it does come down to that. And so it seems like Russia is sort of jealous at the trade that has opened up between all these Atlantic, you know, NATO, basically what NATO right. is, right? All these NATO participating. I have no idea if we're actually in NATO anymore because of Trump, but like- We are these, for now. Oh, cool. Yeah. Uh, and and also, it's interesting when you do look at the sort of actual like risk board of it, like Russia's- East Coast touches the Pacific and they could probably be a bigger economic player in the Pacific. But that's like basically the ass of their country. They yeah, don't really Siberia, have Siberia. There's nothing there. It's literally there's nothing there. Like it's it's like the Alaska of of, uh, you know, to the United States. It's just like, all right, it's up there. It's touching the Pacific. But like there's no industry. There's nothing there. So they're like trying to fuck up all these people who are having a good economic time. Right. Well, there's together. no industry in Russia, period. Oh. No, but it's like at least their big cities are like their big cities are all closer to the European side. Sure. Yeah. And I'm assuming a lot of their industry and, you know, whatever they do have is there. Yeah. There is a little in the cities still. They do make most of their money off oil, though. Yeah. Yeah. Which is great. Great. Got got to get oil. Oil's great. I'm a big fan of oil. Big fan. Yeah. I use it in my cars daily, all the time. I make gas out of it. So one of I thought this was interesting. Dugan kind of sets up maritime countries and landlocked countries as like one of the defining differences in world politics. And Russia for being essentially one of the biggest countries or maybe the biggest country geographically actually is a bit like a landlocked. They're a bit like a landlocked country because they don't have really any seaway access on the west coast they can i guess through the arctic or on the or on the you know on their i'm sorry on the west their west coast on the east coast right they're like yeah i'm sorry on the west yeah oh gosh i don't know direction (laughs) on the east coast they have very little semen we are gonna get (laughs) we're gonna get so many comments from people about the geography of russia now oh yeah People are going to be like, no, that Everyone was knows the what East I'm Coast. Actually, this is why we want so to you know, crush you. There's a coastline that they can so Shut up. Nobody cares. Uh, it's it's cold there and the vodka is great. That's all I care about. Yeah. <laughs> there are bars in Las Vegas where that's that's possible. <laughs> there's bars in Las Vegas? Uh, you guys are blowing my mind right now. I'm learning so much today. So, yeah, maritime versus landlocked. That's kind of the – and it makes sense when you look at that part of the world compared Mm -hmm. to the United States and England and Canada. They have access to all the fucking water. Yeah. And Russia, their ports normally have to come by way of alliances that they have. Yeah. Like they're I forget we just did an episode. I forget what country it was about, but Russia's only warm water port is in that country and it's somewhere in the Middle East, I believe. And Oh yeah, we did talk about that. Yeah. Oh, was that about the Crimea stuff? 
now well i can we'll look it up later we'll fix it in post don't worry we'll put it we'll we'll parking lot it for yeah, later yeah <laughs> and so that's kind of what this book lays out is how that dispute or that rift maritime versus landlocked should play out in the future mm-hmm. and how it's been playing out in the opinion of alexander dugan up to this point and these are a couple quotes. The battle for the world rule of ethnic Russians has not ended. That's fine. Shouldn't, shouldn't we? I figure everyone somewhere deep in their gut thinks they're going to take over the world someday. I just really hate the term ethnic Russian because it makes them sound like they season their food and they know they don't. You know? No, definitely not. What are you guys eating tonight? Low ethnic Russian. Mm, sounds delicious. <laughs> nah. Uh, Russia will be the staging area of a new anti-bourgeois, anti-American revolution. Oh, I can see that. I believe that. Probably. What's Samantha, that? what's your thoughts on that? That sounds dumb. <laughs> <laughs> because of the, the, the war sounds That's so dumb. bourgeois of you. Yeah. <laughs> you with your, get, your get maple. maple <laughs> <laughs> you with Don't your laugh. feather pillows and your maple headboard. Very bourgeois. So. The thing that is scary or that you're like, oh, shit. Oh, no, they've won already is the sentence you have in caps. Yeah, they. Well, let me read this first part. Uh, the, the Eurasian Empire will be constructed on the fundamental principle of the common enemy, the rejection of Atlanticism, strategic control of the USA and the refusal to allow liberal values to dominate us. Fucking libtards, man! Uh, get them out of here! Just running roughshod over Russia. Bunch of cucked Asians, great, uh, cucked Russians. Did you say Caucasians? Cucked Asians. I mean, that's, cucked Russians. that's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. I, I, guys, I write, be... I write jokes sometimes. I apologize. Yeah, <laughs> pretty good stuff. Uh, but the thing is, this isn't a, a plan that's predicated on violence. It's more. He actually very much doesn't want to use war to further this agenda instead of military action it calls for a and this is what i put in all caps sophisticated program of subversion destabilization and disinformation spearheaded by the russian special services Mm. that sounds familiar it's brilliant yeah we, no, and, we talked about this on the episode that you were on about how, you know, we, we always thought that, you know, the, if there was going to be some sort of cyber attack or cyber warfare, we thought that maybe it'd be like they'd hack our power grid or China. Right. But it, to to hack our, our culture and sense of our, our national psyche was really pretty brilliant if that's the way it went down. Yeah. And it seems like that is the way it went down. Signs if, are pointing to, yeah. I mean, it seems like, I mean, from a few episodes ago, we were talking about how Facebook is actively controlling your emotions they're like well how do we change everybody's minds let's control we literally everyone goes on this everyone goes on this facebook Mm -hmm. mind control app cia black pictures they look at pictures of their of their kids and dogs and cats and stuff and they're like oh let's just hack everybody's brain through this thing that's already hacking them yeah yeah in like i also mentioned on the profiles episode like they basically won our election. That's very impressive. That's very good. Like Putin talk, won the talk, 2006 talk about election. You know, John Kerry couldn't even do that. Right? Yeah. I mean, Al Gore <laughs> did it, but, you know, if, yeah, if, we, yeah. if, if the American people can steal an election from Al Gore, why can't a foreign national government? You know? Like, right. Why not? It's right there for the taking. And he showed them. This is the other interesting, uh, another interesting quote from the book. 
The maximum task of the future is the Finlandization of all of Europe. I'm and out. I had never heard that phrase before. Nothing yeah. good ever happens in Finland. I'm out. And it, it, you're mostly right there. Nokia phones. Is that Finland? I think that's Denmark. Yeah. Or Norway. Something like that. One of those white people. <laughs> yeah. Tell us about Finlandization. Finlandization is basically the idea that a larger, stronger country controls the foreign policy decisions of a smaller neighboring country. But that country, that smaller country still gets to kind of have its own form of government and mostly be the old stepdad approach. Yeah, right. It's like, yeah, I'm going to be the boss, but you're kind of like my buddy. It's like stepdad. Right. And it so basically what they're doing is they want that for all of Europe, where Russia is like, okay. You can all do your own shit and have your own government. You can be a right wing government. You can be whatever kind of fucking government you want. You can't really be a liberal government. Mm -hmm. But beyond that, you can do any of those things. But also we decide how you deal with the West is kind of what Russia is building up to. Yeah, it's such a weird. I mean, I, I, I get the notion of it, but it's like without military intervention, it's almost impossible, right? Like there's such a disparity of the culture between russia and the rest of the world that it's like their their language is so different than everything that it's i think you can't even communicate some of these ideas effectively and like to think that their way of doing things will be attractive to the western to the west is like i don't see how you could do that without military force yeah i think their original line of thinking going into this was that they don't really need the west to fall in line they just need people to separate from the West and fall in line mm -hmm. with Russia. And at that point, the West is everyone else's common enemy. Right. Mm -hmm. And they become sort of the world police protecting everyone else from aggression by the West, mm -hmm. which I'm going to be honest, if I was living in a country in Europe and someone came to me and offered that up, maybe. Yeah. Because it's not like we've been great. Like, we don't go to other countries and do good things. Unless you are the West. Like, we, right. we, we handle the protection of all of Western Europe. Right. Right? And so for them, it's good. It allows them to pay, have socialized medicine, free college, and all that shit, because they don't have to spend nearly as much money on military like we do, right? right. So for them, it's good. And actually, there was a thing, an article today that it was Germany, I think Merkel said that the era of America policing or at least handling our national security measures may be over. Right. Um, which to, I'm, I'm open. I mean, I'm not all about, you know, Pax Americana, but I think it, it has worked out for Europe so far. Right. But uh, the, she's right. It may be over. And maybe that's Russia's plan. I think it, it feels or like Dugan's. It is. It does feel like Russia's plan. And it it feels like it's it's working. Great. We're tired of it. You know what? We don't want to do it anyways. Go ahead. See how. Go ahead. Try it yeah. out. You go. You you see how well you can handle it. You know how hard it is to keep all those destroyers fueled with semen. What? <laughs> That's not. Oh, oh, OK. I see. Semen. Samantha, you want to say something? Yeah, I feel like. Um, Hit it, Brett. No, just <laughs> no. I feel like it's important to understand why what Dugan's saying is. Can, like could appeal to people in Russia, and the, it it really does come down to the U.S.'s like imperialistic practices throughout the Middle East, throughout the um, 
throughout Asia and so on. And the fact that there's this budding, the fact that the U.S. is um, sort of like ideological and imperial like reign over most of the world is is coming to an end, mm-hmm. and that China and Russia are are coming up as competitors. Russia more militarily and China more economically. So they're they're actual threats to the United States. And people in those places, after you know decades of the bullshit that America has been pulling, you know, like think about people, you know, how many people, how many millions of people died in Iraq just from sanctions, yeah, right? Right. A lot of resentment, and we know that we know that there's a lot of resentment that's pretty justified toward the United States. Mm-hmm. And what's scary about that is that then these extreme—I mean, I dare say—right-wing ideologies become appealing when they can strike that right nerve. And what Dugan is saying when he says liberals isn't what we think of when we talk about liberals. He's no, talking right. about liberalism as an ideology, like what drove bourgeois revolutions and capitalism mm. forward. As we understand it today, what drove American society, what drove West, uh, Western oh, equal society. equal rights, uh, secularism. And not, I mean, everything right. that most of the world holds dear is, falls under the, the umbrella of liberalism. Yeah. yeah, To a certain extent, yeah. But they're pushing back against the faults in those. The, what, he, what he does that's so genius is he pulls out true faults in liberalism and the things that have made America especially so harmful in Russia and the Middle East and, and so on. And like that hits a nerve with people. Mm-hmm. Then it makes these really right-wing extremist ideologies appealing as uh, an answer. And it's not a good answer. Right. This guy, he make, I, when I was doing the, the research on this, very minimal research on this, <laughs> I got the, I got the feeling of he, that he was like the mirror image of Marx in that he, he called out a lot of these very poignant faults in, in the current, like, hegemony of of the world right but and he he's kind of like predicting what's going to happen and he has this kind of call to arms for certain things but is it gonna work right like how yeah try i mean go go at it well i have i have a question maybe you know (laughs) samantha or adam maybe you like the whole idea of all right we're Actually, you know what? Russia's going to control all these other countries. You can kind of operate however you want as long as it's our way, which is a weird offer. But like, what what do they envision happening? Like, countries are going to be like, okay, we'll do things your way, Russia. Everything sucked in Russia for the last hundred years. But like, they're not talking about. How can about, they convince people to? They're not talking to be, about living like Russians live and taking on. Uh-huh. That's that's what's and we just we kind of haven't gotten far enough into it. Sure, sure. But Keep going. what this ideology embraces is that you're free to govern your country in the way you want and do whatever you want. You just have to fall in line with our foreign policy. So if you want to be a right wing extremist government, you can do that. If you hate women in your society. You should do that. Like it's your tradition. It's what, yeah. yeah, it's what you were. It's wh- how you were raised. It's what your fucking religion says you should do. You can do it. Like they're talking. They want to make. There's no way an alliance between Russia and Islam, which is a thing they're proposing. There's no way that would work if Russia was like, yeah, but you have to do things our way. Yeah. Like there's no Islamic country that's going to go. Okay, yeah, we'll we'll do that. So they have to provide some leeway in this for countries to embrace what they think makes them a country how liberal of them yeah <laughs> so very liberal and it, what it does is it it opens it kind of clears the way for these other 
these all these right wing movements that are popping up. This is an ideology that has a home for all those. Mm -hmm. And you just kind of have to agree on foreign policy shit. Just don't rise up against us. You can do whatever you want, but we're in charge. That's all just don't wanted. talk to your real dad. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. It seems a little bit like laying the groundwork for an anything goes kind of policy where they can be sort of hands off and be like, well, it wasn't us that did it. We just let everybody do what they want. Right. Yeah, because you know, we, we've given you the freedom to choose our rule. It makes sense on paper. <sighs> yeah. For a slavery was a choice. Kanye West. <laughs> <laughs> that's a quote now. Oh, that's wonderful. That is a quote. So they, they envision this Eurasian alliance, uh, like I said, the Finlandization of Europe, where they kind of call the foreign policy shots, but the rest of Europe just gets to sort of govern the way they want to govern. But what's really interesting is what they say about how to deal with the United States. And this is a quote. Russia should use its special services within the borders of the United States to fuel instability and separatism. For instance, provoke Afro-American racists like Quincy over here. You're welcome. Russia should introduce geopolitical disorder into internal American activity. They could have just said books. Yeah. Encouraging all kinds of separatism and ethnic, social and radical conflicts, actively supporting all dissident movements, extremist, racist, and sectarian groups, thus destabilizing internal hmm. political processes in the U.S. It would also make sense simultaneously to support isolationist tendencies in American politics. I'm so glad none of that's working here. <laughs> that, like, as you read oh. that, someone can just cut together like a series of just news clips of each individual item. Yeah, just happening over There's the course of the last year. On both sides, okay? There's many sides to every argument. Always remember that. That's how you stay political in this country. You got to respect both sides. Exactly. Yeah. Right, like well, I, I, this is this is kind of where my earlier comment was coming in. I think he he's tapping into something that was already happening. Like it's adding fuel to a fire that was already lit. Right. You know, um, it's not so much that it was this guy's idea to do this, but I mean, we've been having this issue since we were, we, the birth of the nation, uh, right. And birth of a nation, the, the motion picture. Yeah. <laughs> um, Critically acclaimed <laughs> still to the Hollywood day. classic guys. Oh, yeah. Still, still brought up in film. Film that El Cid. Did yeah. you know that? Yeah. No way. Yeah. Gosh. Crazy. The history right? in this town, you know? I know. I like that place for a reason. Yeah. <laughs> The motion picture history. Come on. <laughs> and the chips. Chips are good. Chips are good. Yeah. Good chip. I agree with you, Aaron, that it's like, that it's like, I, I, I think that the, that their motive was there. It seems very clear that this is what they're trying to do. But mm -hmm. also like, I question how much of what's happening really has anything to do with what, like with Russia meddling. Mm -hmm. Like, it's so clear to me that a lot of the movements that we have started long ago and were stoked long ago. And there's a natural trajectory and a whole hell of a lot of reasons why. Yes extremist movements are coming up as well as radical movements, as well as, um, you know, like ethnic liberation movements and so mm -hmm. on. Like all of those things make a lot of sense to me. Um, completely about Russia. Well, that's, the, um, that's and also why they would want to stoke it. Right. Sorry. Sorry to interrupt. Um, but that's also why, you know, they wanted to use Facebook instead of like turning off all of our banks or something like hacking right. over our banks or something like that. It's like, they're going to use things that already exist against mm -hmm. us. That, you know, they're not going to come in with spies and be like, what if we get the white people to hate the black people and the black, you know, like right. they just saw that that was happening and they're like, oh, okay, let's just, you know. 
Yeah, there's and there's racial tensions everywhere that can be stoked that aren't like the immigration debate right now. It's people are kind of positioning it as white people hate immigrants, but there's there are racial tensions between black people and especially Mexicans, but just Hispanics in general, especially in high crime neighborhoods. They fucking hate immigrants like those are all things that have been here forever. And I think what Russia is doing is, like we said, they're they're exploiting it now, mm-hmm. like they've known it's been there. And I think part of it is a natural just sort of rise of those movements. But I don't discount that this has had some sway in it also. And I I feel like Trump winning was a very fortuitous moment for a movement like this. Mm-hmm. Sure. I think I, I, you know, I'm, as I'm just like kind of thinking through what he was saying, like it could backfire on, let's I'm going to just say Russia for the lack of a better term. Well, it's backfired on Russia in some cases. Now they're, where, now they're the common enemy if it ends up being true. Right. Right. And they, yeah, they run that risk, but also I don't, I feel like, what happens here isn't that important to them. I feel like they just want us to not be as powerful as we have. Which been. is, so I we, think, so which is going to happen. Right. Which yeah. is, it, which is going to happen and is happening, has been happening for the past, you know, right. Since nine 11. Uh, <laughs> and having someone in office like Trump makes that a lot easier because oh God, yeah. yeah, you got an idiot in charge. You yeah. can run circles around this guy. And he's like he's got an isolationist streak in him mm-hmm. that a movement like this needs because they don't like they don't need us to completely upend our political system. They don't need any of that. They just need other countries to feel less secure working with us right. as opposed to working with this new thing that they're building. And they're definitely getting that. Like we're giving them that every time we pull out of another deal, pulling out of the Iranian nuclear deal was fucking insane. Oh, man. And every time we pull out of agreements like that, that we've made with countries, Mm. it makes something like this a little closer. Sure. To being feasible. And it's not even so much about the immediate effects of whatever, like however you feel politically about the Iran deal or the Paris Accords. It it just cheapens our word on the nat- on the, right. on the well, no, international stage. Remember this entire time they've been selling the fact that you can't trust the West. They're, right. uh, they're, they're not trustworthy. They won't protect you. They won't. Because you can't. Well, I mean, <laughs> yeah, but they don't need to know that. <laughs> it's barely 1982 like... over there. They don't need to know how, t- how things actually work. Like, let them still have uh, MTV and shit. <laughs> yeah, it's nuts. Samantha, did you want to add anything before we move on? Um, no, I think I'm, I think I'm good. God damn it. By the way, I do want to say, I, I do think Marx was a genius and not an asshole like the student. <laughs> Did Marx just get a woo? That's, I think that's the first Marxist yeah, woo one, I've one ever One of the most important minds of the, you know, past 500 years. So are you, though. I was just going to say next to me. <laughs> I was literally just saying, like me. That's so my man Jing Jinping's uh, role model. Marks. Oh yeah, that the yeah. China's playing. You really like that guy. They're really. He is they're, one of my favorites, man. Marks is out because it was he's, just his like hundredth, two hundredth anniversary yeah, birthday not, or whatever. He's not a megalomaniac yet. He's just a crazed. He's got the crazed mindset of world domination, but not. It's not fully developed yet. So I like watching it. You know what I'm saying? Blossom. Oh, you talking? He's my guy. Yeah, he's my guy. 
So I don't know what podcast we're on anymore. <laughs> I'm just talking about my love of Xi Jinping. We're just talking about international politics, Brett, like every podcast. All right. You know how it goes. Yeah. We'll take it back. We got a Mark's woo, and that put me off on a tangent. I apologize. <laughs> I got excited. But yeah, woo Mark's. Okay. <laughs> so let's talk about his other book. In this book, you can read. It's on Amazon. Uh, I... I read a lot of it, but I still haven't gotten through it, which is a shame because it's only 215 pages. But okay. I've been busy this week. God damn it. But uh, it's a book called The Fourth Political Theory, and it was written in 2009. And whereas the foundation of geopolitics kind of laid out their vision for how this n- new world order, for lack of a better way to put it, uh, will play out and look like. The fourth political theory is kind of the ideology that would rule that alliance, or at least as it pertains to Russia. And it basically says there have been three political ideologies throughout history, liberalism, communism, and fascism. And in this book, they, they suggest that liberalism has defeated communism and fascism and now liberalism is in the death throes itself, and all of them need to be replaced by this fourth thing, mm. which probably not. Like, <laughs> I'm not that convinced. And the thing is, the way it paints liberalism, I know a lot of I know our strong contingent of right wing listeners out there are probably like, yeah, fuck those liberals. Hey, no, man, they mean you too. Shout out to they, all the Unpops Militia listeners. You know what I'm saying? We need yeah. you, we need your support. Yeah. And what this idea wants to do is take all the they call it the good parts from all of those other ideals and just kind of mishmash them into their own thing. Kind of like, like Samba. Like a melting like a pot? Russian potato salad. Like a right. it's a melting pot, if right. you will. Multiculturalism. It's, yeah, it's very progressive. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and so the the things it combines, uh, it combines elements from communism, fascism, ecologism, which I'd never even fucking heard of, and traditionalism, which are all things that ostensibly are kind of opposed to liberalism, or there's at least going to be groups within there that are opposed. And it combines them into a new thing. So it it takes communism's opposition to free enterprise, but then also uh, does away with any technological innovation in favor of ecologism, where which basically says, hey, progress should be stopped. We've done too much. Yeah. It's not where everybody gets a tree. It it would be your iPad would be replaced by a tree. Oh, okay. Well, you'd have to, you know, we'd have to get people back out learning how to farm. Get them right. back. Get them back in the wilderness because you know folks don't know how to grow their own food. And yeah, speak for yourself. Provide, bro. provide for the. <laughs> I have for the various nation. peppers. I have various peppers in my garden. <laughs> Samantha, what are your thoughts on that part? The communism part, <laughs> like taking ideas from communism. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's it's a mockery. Like it's ridiculous. Like he he acts like he's taking ideas from communism, but it's like I don't know. I find it fascinating the way that he writes, where he like. He makes it sound like he's oh, considering all these different things equally and, oh, let's take the good parts right. of these. Oh, they all failed, you know, but he, he says it like communism failed because it died and liberalism is sort of failing, even though it's one, because it's like 
like not mattering anymore or something. People aren't even having politics anymore. And then that like fascism, but he says fascism died because, because it was killed, which I think is interesting because he seems to think it could have worked. If it, it has traditionally, on it, which is really important because when he says he's taking ideas from communism, I think he only does it to like, sound good or whatever sound like he's being balanced because really what he's doing is taking ideas from fascism he sounds like a yeah this this thing. whole like this whole idea just basically sounds like fascism yeah which historically has but had a great track fa- record it's new fascism guy well, i'm choking it's here like it's a new veneer yeah, and like yeah, a bunch of a nice uh, little spit shine on it logical mm. you know lingo mm-hmm Right. Yeah, it's it's a form of fascism that and I put this in the notes, it kind of encourages everyone to be their own special individual brand of fascist. High fascism. Like that's high fascism. (laughs) Yeah, high fascism. (laughs) And if you look into the right wing movements that are happening in uh, Europe, a lot of them are based on tradition and Mm -hmm. uh, people feel like, especially I think Hungary is a good example where they've had this liberal regime in charge for all these years. And there's this undercurrent of conservative types who are like, yeah, but what about our church? And what about the things we hold dear? What about what about the the foundation this nation was built right. upon? Let's make America great again, you know? And this speaks to those people yeah. because it it wants to embrace those traditions of the past no matter how heinous or awful they might be. It you know, it and they talk about hierarchy as being important in a society and that that like you know what the fuck they're talking about there mm-hmm. like there's going to be if you have a caste system in place have it that's fine mm-hmm. if uh women aren't allowed to work in your society sure more of whatever that. Yeah, yeah yeah and Come it, on. No it man. just encourages people to lean on you know traditions and ideas from the past that will exclude people from society yeah and it's if it takes off around the world, there's going to be a big contingent of people who just have nowhere to go yeah. because it's a thing that embraces eliminating the problem. What you perceive as the problems in your society, you should be able to eliminate those and no one should uh, have anything to say about yeah. it. Mm-hmm. And it's working. Hmm so far it's 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 not even so much that it's working it's just it's so much easier for people to embrace the idea of holding on to tradition as a like tradition is always easier than progress yeah because tradition i already know tradition i'm comfortable Mm -hmm. with progress even if that tradition is not exactly how you remember it to be well even if it's not but it makes me feel i sleep better exactly exactly that's what it's about comfort people are easy to like look at advertising people are easy to hack Mm -hmm. once you realize Adding a new like you like we talked about on the past episode of What in the World, adding soy sauce flavor to be PC, you still need to put Oriental flavor on there because people don't like change. Right. right. If you change the packaging, you have to say new pat, new look. Hey, same, same great taste. Great taste. Same great yeah. taste. We don't want you thinking we changed and went ve- uh, vegan on you. Put it. Yeah. Put yeah, some non-GMO it. in here. Like Oriental we- Oriental ramen noodles mm. recently were changed to soy sauce flavor. And I was like, what the fuck? It's been soy sauce this whole time, you racist fucks. <laughs> and then underneath it, it says same great oriental flavor. It's like, that feels like a step backwards. Uh, calling yeah. it oriental, yeah. <laughs> so let's talk about 
the the 2020 election. This is where this idea really worries me because I feel like I don't think Putin or Dugan expected Trump to win or Trump. Yeah, I don't think I don't, Trump expected to win. I, I, no one expected Trump to win. Ex- I mean, I did. But <laughs> yeah, it's no, fine. I, yeah, I don't people, want to some brag. Pe- or some anything. people did hmm. did hmm. call it out, hmm. but. Hmm. I mean, I th- I think he was doing it for PR, and I think he wanted to start, you know, a, a you know probably a television network or something yeah. after after the free PR. But he really played the media like a fucking fiddle, and it took advantage of the incredible anti intellectualism in this country. And and I won. Th- I think he did get some help from Russia in making yes. that happen. Yes. I mean, we know he did. Yeah. Like it's becoming clear every single day. <laughs> he <laughs> got he got help. We're gonna be at a so, point yeah. in like 2019 where he's tweeting, "Yeah, yeah." So I took 400 million dollars yeah. from like, yeah. but yeah, but there's still a witch out about something completely different, and like he's gonna be constantly moving the goalposts of stuff that he's admitted to. He's like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, I did it. I did it. It's fine." But there's something else where I'm a martyr, right? And the thing is, I don't know if the fight we're putting up against Trump is helping right now, because it feels like the divisiveness that an idea like this needs to flourish is very much happening Mm -hmm. right now Mm -hmm. on the left. And I don't think it's moving in a good trajectory like the like the Kanye thing to me is a great example, like. You're going to have one, maybe two chances to call every black person who supports Trump crazy before that really starts to turn. Yeah. And I don't see any other response to that coming. And I just I I don't see us uniting in a way that's going to put any kind of reasonable opposition up against Trump in 2024. Right. I mean, he did lose the popular vote right but that's the the gross number of people that voted for him if you you're you're emboldening them and i think if if he was you think i'm crazy i'll show you how crazy i am at the polls that's the thing yeah and he you know he gave that speech and said oh my approval rating among black people doubled after that from one to two (laughs) well he's he's wrong but it doubled among black males it went from 11 percent to 22 percent yeah and that's not nothing mm-hmm. and it's i if you i've been saying this for 2 years now he is eventually going to start pushing his message to black people mm-hmm. very strongly mm-hmm. and like he didn't say he's going to get 95% of the black vote for no reason right. like if you read his early the architect of his immigration policy is a guy named Peter Kirsenow who is a black dude who has served on the US Commission for Civil Rights under Bush, Obama and Trump Mm-hmm. And that's the guy who basically wrote Trump's immig- immigration policies. And you can go Google him, put it in YouTube. You will find so many videos of him saying very explicitly illegal immigration hurts black males mm-hmm. the most, the most. And when you marry that to the left going, Kanye, you're crazy for supporting Trump. You're only going to get to say that one or two more times. What happens if it's Cornell West next mm-hmm. who comes out supporting Trump? Tavis Smiley. I'm not going to. Yeah. I will not if buy I, Cornell West. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. How about this? How about this? Steve Harvey. You know, he had a meeting with him. Right. He met with him. He 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 sees that there's a there's a there's a advantage to having a president in your pocket. Right. And, and he's got big pockets. Have you seen those suits? 
<laughs> big those, those purple pockets. Well, have you seen Trump? You got to have a big pocket to fit that <laughs> yeah. sloppy some bitch in there. Yeah. Oh no! I've seen. I've seen. <laughs> oh no! I've seen him in tennis shorts. Okay, you can't take that back. Steve Harvey? No, I'm talking about, uh, I was talking Donald, about Donald Trump. Harvey suits. I think they have the same tailor. They probably. He's probably wearing a probably. Steve Harvey suit. He's probably the best tailor in New York. He's probably the best, and he knows. Mr. President, you like a long, thick tie, huh? I got you. (laughs) Got a lot of yarn on this one. Mm. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm worried that we're not heading in a great direction when it comes to fighting Trump. And as much as people mock the Kanye Trump thing, I see it as a really serious problem that the left needs to take seriously. But because the the other thing is. When Trump starts pushing this, he's going to be coming with a solution, Yeah, which is once they're out of the country, you can move into those jobs, those houses, Mm -hmm. those education opportunities. All of that can be yours if these motherfuckers are deported. Hey, man, remember MS-13? It was all over the place during the election. All these these Salvadorian gang members are taking your (laughs) gang member jobs, black people, is what Trump will say. No, well, it's going to start with DACA, though. Like, if he deports Dreamers, mm-hmm. that's not a bunch of motherfuckers picking strawberries. Those are people working office jobs and owning businesses it's and be our attending college. Yeah, it's it's equivalent to yeah. our, our tragedy of Windrush. Yeah. And if that goes smoothly, who's how? what is your, your crazy for supporting Trump as a black person argument going to do in the face of that? And I'm worried if it goes smoothly, if it goes smoothly. But I'm worried that the left isn't thinking about if it does go smoothly, right. because I feel like we're once again falling into this trap where we don't take Trump seriously. Yeah. yeah. Now that he's in, we're like, oh, well, he's going to get fucking impeached. That, like yeah. he'll get impeached or something. We're just like, he's not waiting going for it to happen. And then it's not going anywhere. cut to 2024 and he's fucking elected again. Yeah. And I don't know. I I don't want I hate to make that prediction but there's, I feel no, like there's Trump's a there's a good chance he, there's a very good chance that he'll win again especially when the left doesn't have their what we call the left in this country because we don't have a left in this country what we call the left in this country does not have their act together they're they it's a circular firing squad to borrow from John Fahey they just they they can't agree on anything they there's so much infighting we saw the sabotage between the DNC and and the Bernie people right. and now you're going to have like what, maybe four or five people coming in that want to run for president uh, yeah. for the Democratic Party, and there's, I don't think it's going to be all kumbaya. I just don't. See, the The one thing that the the right has going for them is that they they get their act together, together. Yeah, and I don't. I, I'm on. I I agree with you, Adam. I don't know if I don't know if they're going to beat Trump in 2020 if he decides to run again. Yeah, if he decides <laughs> to run again. What's I was going to say I agree very much that the um the shame culture on the left is part of what's like continually dividing us mm-hmm. and what's part of why like people don't listen to us and very quickly will listen to us even less mm-hmm. if things get worse. Um, we need to learn very quickly how to like, how to like deal with the issues that people are actually yelling about when they shame, like, you know, marginalization mm-hmm. and racism, sexism, you know, you gotta have to, you, you do have to find a way to deal with those problems, but it's completely ineffective to just yell and scream at each other and yeah. break off. And we need to find a better way to do that or we're not going to get anywhere. Yeah. But the thing worried about is like bending the stick too far one another direction going full nationalist which is really easy to do if you think russia is behind everything you're right you know, we're gonna be like we're gonna blame all of our problems on russia and not actually right. yeah on the left like if someone's running for 
governor of your state and they're a Democrat and they're like, he voted for one thing that I disagreed with once 20 years ago. I'm going to shame him. He I, how dare he vote for some oil, thing, you know, some one little minor thing. We crucify, you know, and what, I mean, her it's already going to be happening. It's going to be happening in a few years abortion. with Kamala Harris. People are going to strike crucifying her for stuff. It's 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 going to happen with all these Democratic candidates. They're going to get but crucified on the left. We're the- but on the right, they're like, fuck's. Fucks I mean, babies. I don't and care, you know? we've we've we come from a generation that you can drag your own party member in order to get ahead. You know yeah. what I'm saying? It's like as a, the Democratic Party will sit there and have anti-Democrat ads for anyone else opposing them for a seat and then go, well, now we all need to be together, guys. Like, I know you wanted to vote for this guy like with Bernie and shit, whatever. But we will actually see Hillary Clinton run an anti-Bernie ad because she wants the nomination. That's right. Not- Even on the left, we do it. Like socialist candidates will will run against each other, mm-hmm. and it doesn't make any sense. Like even when you start getting narrower and narrower politics on the left, you still see this continuing sectarianism and division. Mm-hmm. People can't seem together even on broad like. But but the, like Republicans in this country here, hey, the, this the president supports Roy Moore. Guess what? Well, we got to vote down the party line. Yeah, that's what we got to do. Roy Moore is the guy. Yeah, because that's what they they are willing to just fall in the line because they the tradition says that's what you do. Yeah. And I I feel like people are underestimating like there was a really interesting article in The New York Times. It was written by a woman. I think her name is Barry Weiss. And it was about the founders of the Women's March. And the Women's March is ostensibly a great thing. And it would be really hard to find anything to criticize about that. Mm -hmm. But. The founders of the Women's March are also staunch supporters of Louis Farrakhan, which I don't care what your actual opinion of him is. That's going to be an unpleasant association to deal with come election time. Louis Farrakhan Farrakhan is the leader of the Nation of Islam, which is different from Islam. When you also different from the Nation of Domination of WWE, right? Yes, but when you hear, I wrote a cracked article about this. When you hear rappers, Farrakhan's a prophet. I think you ought to listen to right Public Enemy. Like he has a lot of influence with a lot of really important people, and he's also the head of a branch of Islam that is seriously anti-Semitic, you know, very vehemently anti-Semitic. And they think white people were created in a lab by an evil scientist, which is wrong. He was not evil. He wasn't evil. (laughs) He was trying to do. He was misunderstood. Trying to make it. Captain America. You know what? What's really interesting. Guess who's really close to Louis Farrakhan? Kanye West. Yeah. Oh, yeah, of course. Well, the Nation of Islam is huge in rap music. Oh, yeah. And also, whenever you hear was, people talk about five the percenters, was, the nation was also very huge in the city of Chicago during Kanye's childhood. Mm-hmm. So right. he reveres Farrakhan as a very important individual. Mm-hmm. He's a couple of years ago, he was posting pictures of having him and Kim having dinner with him. Mm-hmm. Right. And that, like they invited him to the mansion, like all of that. So now you have Kanye who can now be associated with Farrakhan and Trump and Trump. Right. And it's, it's going to be interesting so is, to watch. So is Kanye going to win 2020? I mean, he may be running for president, bro. And someone called one of these women out on Twitter for 
posting this glowing thing about Farrakhan. Mm-hmm. And she was like, well, looks like he's joined the alt-right. And it's like, fuck, you can't even say, hey, Louis Farrakhan's kind of a nut job yeah. without, oh, well, if you don't agree that I should be associating with That's- Louis Farrakhan... You're part of the alt right now. It's like fuck you. You're not allowed to. We're not allowed to disagree on anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If we're in, if we claim to be the same progressive uh, American society in yeah. within it, you know what I'm saying? Like me and me and Peter are great friends, but if you like cheese oh and I don't like dairy, well, dude, we can't hang out. Well, yeah. Fuck away from me, bro. You, 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 you got something against almond milk, for real? Check your carbon footprint, bro. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> Check your intestinal privilege, please. <laughs> I mean, even if you think someone else is deeply, terribly wrong, like, I feel like we, we end up taking too many, too many issues as serious enough to like cut off from each other or dismiss somebody entirely. Mm-hmm. Um, people aren't allowed to be wrong. Mm-hmm. You know, right, and that, even- yeah. People won't, won't apologize because no, of you it. Can debate and that's okay. Yeah, you can you yeah. can debate and then both leave the debate without your opinions changing. Like that's a way people used to communicate. Like, yeah. hey, I don't feel the same way. Well, you said your point, I said mine. Have a nice night. Yeah, well, yeah, some civility without thinking the other person is a, you know, a demon. Well, you're or, a total yeah, idiot, or, but or I won't say human. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's it, definitely a thing we don't have enough of now and that's that's what worries me and I feel like it's a thing we need to fix before 2020 or Trump's probably going to win again. Right. I, I think Samantha, what you said earlier about like this this tendency to the like the nationalization or be, nationalism and then the blaming things on russia none of if we didn't already have these seeds of discontent and division here already then it wouldn't be a problem right so it's like you know let's handle our own shit before we start pointing fingers across yeah. the oceans like yeah we're all we're all one big happy family. But no, we remember, really are, aren't we? Remember, this well, is great. It's just going to stoke a war, honestly. Like the, all of this shit pulling out of the Iran deal, oh, and yeah. like, I mean, and then with you know, and the Americans will back it up if they think that Russia's really like been the key player and the reason that they're all so miserable right now. There's a whole lot of other reasons why we're all miserable. Right. The, the real winner here is the military-industrial complex because they are Woo. doing great. Yeah. Hundred cruise missiles launched into Syria blew up nothing, but we got to buy more of them. Yeah. Well, Jets, I mean, planes, it was drones. Over, we got them on Overstock.com. So <laughs> oh. we actually had a surplus of missiles. Oh, oh okay. Got them on a good rate. You good know, good put, deal? In, put in uh, Unpops 15 if you want to save a little extra yeah. cash on <laughs> promo your military code, industrial checkout. Promo code at Raytheon.com. <laughs> For some tomahawk peacemaker. If you missiles. if you if you mention my name at your, at Blackwater, they uh, they'll hook you up with a little VIP package. So very yeah. nice, Samantha. Let's talk about um. Karl Marx's beard. Yeah, isn't it incredible? It's fabulous. And his hair in general. His I hair. Just, I wish I had the the capability of growing a beard. To you and just me both. So I could go full Marx. Yeah, it, I mean, it, it, there, it lends itself to um, like uh, never mind being distinguished, but like anything somebody with a beard like that says, you got to be like, yeah, hey, probably got a point. He's probably a little nuts too, but also like. Yeah. I mean, he's right. Yeah, he's got. You don't grow a beard like that without knowing a few things. All right, should we get to comments? Are there comments? You know, oh, it's a big world out there. This is really soothing. It's easy to feel like the things you say don't even matter. What? What? I want you to know that's not true. Not at all. That's why we call this segment "Your Voice Matters." Oh, that's nice. Where we read your stupid fucking comments from the past few shows. Are we doing this again? And respond to them. Personally. Personally, Ooh, faded out, Brad. 
Oh, hurry the fuck up. Fade it out. Oh, yeah. Come on, man. That was a smooth fade. Was a smooth fade. Oh. Mm. Okay. <laughs> Matilda Sullivan says, dang it, Adam. The last like 10 podcasts I haven't been able to download. I haven't wanted to say anything because you were nice enough to fix it before. But could you fix it again whenever you can? She is listening on SoundCloud. And SoundCloud users, if you look in the description of the show, there's a download link right there. It's a whole fucking extra thing for us to make SoundCloud episodes downloadable. We have to go in right now. I can just have it. Just Upload. look in the description. Yeah, yeah. Listen, you, you, listen, you can find an people. extension for whatever browser you're using, whether it's Safari or Chrome That's or Netscape, too, yeah. and it will automatically put a download button on any, on any SoundCloud. Also file. works so, on Pornhub, you know, so Sound, there you go. It also Co- works on Pornhub. So do yourself a favor. Uh, what's her name? Matilda. Matilda, use some of those magical powers you're famous for and get the extension for your browser and you can download any SoundCloud file. Maybe it's illegal, but you can do it. SoundCloud <laughs> listeners also listen any other way. <laughs> yeah, there's that too. And there's, and there's a million Review other us ways on iTunes. We, we review Please. us there. Yeah. Please listen somewhere that counts toward our numbers. Please. <laughs> of, like Spotify. You're going to help, help every podcast in the world if you just stop listening on <laughs> SoundCloud and listen to it a real way. Oh, but thank you for paying us a minimal amount of money every month, SoundCloud. <laughs> I'm sorry, SoundCloud, you German, you German fun guys. Oh, here it comes already. Business already. models dying anyway. No, guys. they're in Don't Germany. Deutsche yeah. company. I mean, maybe they have an Amer- American offices here, yeah. but, they're but yeah, they're in Germany. And Bankson, and Bankson says so. Brett would play Chet in the Forensic Files reenactment. Oh, nice. Should oh. we kill Chet and find out? Oh, and then I would play Chet's dead body in the reenactment. Well, no, you would play the you, oh, you would be the yeah. dead body. We would actually use Chet's real Unless dead Chet body. Unless Chet murdered somebody. In all the reenactments that oh, okay. like of your interactions with us, why we would want to yeah. kill Chet, you would be the guy. Sure, I like it. Follow up. Vanessa Gritton says Chet has stunning lashes, and I resent him for it. I Maybe feel, resents him it. enough to kill. Don't make him I, weird, bro. Hmm. Good point. I peel off his eyelashes and then wear them as if they were her own. Oh, he puts the lotion in the basket, baby. <laughs> There's this whole. I Brett, like that. Brett looks like Chet. Chet looks like Brett. Thing that's happening in the Unpops universe. And yeah, I should also say that I also have very nice lashes. Okay, Brett. Has anyone ever pointed okay. out that Brett and Chet rhyme? Because I think I just noticed that for the first time. Yeah. Well, we s- look alike sonically. Ooh. Whoa, you're homophobic. Yeah, we decided Whoa, the other week yeah. that they're hey. just called Brett. We just combined like a Benefer kind of thing. It's <laughs> Brett okay. and Chet. Power couple. Now. <laughs> Podcast yeah. power couple Brett. <laughs> I like Brett Chet. Wild. I like Chet. Greg Maestas says, I would have said potato casserole with cornflakes crust. But that dip sounds awesome. He's addressing a very important voicemail oh, we got. Gosh. Where this someone voicemail is insane. Someone asked us what, <laughs> what the best the? side dish to bring to a barbecue when one of the people there also uh, tried to get you fired from your job and maybe you're going to fight after. Yeah, like someone is your actual enemy and to really intimidate them at a barbecue that you've both been invited to, what should you bring to the barbecue? Like to stunt on them? Well, the, yes. Yeah. Here's the thing. Here's that the was thing. the question. Super dip. Here's the thing. You the gotta, voicemail was like nine minutes long. <laughs> it was incredible. But you gotta, you gotta do your research. Is he allergic to anything? Is there a certain oh, food then that triggers him? Because it's like, you bring yeah, a little peanuts. you bring a little mac and cheese with brisket in it. Maybe he has a flashback to the time his uncle touched him. Yeah, yeah I don't know. know what this potato what? casserole shit is. 
But no, not I forgot what I said. Potato casserole with cornflakes? That's the whitest thing I've ever read. Yeah, and I that's hate pretty it. bad. I hate it. Uh, <laughs> Brendan, does anyone else's heart drop when Adam predicts the future? At least he's found a way to monetize his ability. Yeah, I yeah. have, baby. You just listened to this whole episode hey, about hey, how Russia is going to take over the world. Hey, Adam. Yeah, my heart drops whenever you walk in the room. Oh, you're welcome. That's so sweet. My, my Aaron, do you want to say something along the same lines? Yeah, my heart skips a beat. All right, thank that, you. That may be the. I think you both are. That right. may be the sneeze. The, oh, the chop. Yeah, it may be the chop. Oh, I think it's a heart murmur from all, from all this chop. Yeah, you're too busy chopping it up. You gotta chopping do a little cardio. And last comment, Nick D. <laughs> I bet that means dick. Oh, I bet it does. He says, "I like how much more laid back Unpops Brett is than cracked Brett." I'm naturally assuming ATB helped get him out of his shell. I'll take credit for all that. Actually, I would just say no, no one. Actually, this get is back a, in your shell. This is a Brett clone. This we're is, talking Brett. We're on. This is Brett 2.0. He just cloned him after after we had to part ways originally, and uh, he finally got we got him out of the tube. Nobody ever asked me how I was doing at Cracked. I was chilling. Yeah, they, they gave me a podcast. Yeah. You were about to hear all of it, then they fired everybody. You would have heard how chill I was. Mm-hmm. Craft. I mean, I was the first one to like incorporate Brett into a yeah, podcast. Sure. It cracked for sure. So, I mean, I do. You do. It's, it's you, just you, that I have a better eye Barry for talent. Yeah, you're the most. Barry Gordy of. Yeah. You're the Barry Gordy of podcast. He never molested anyone, right? Barry Gordy. No, he didn't. Okay, good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, that's fine. I'll be Barry Gordy. You just, are the Ike Turner. You're the, a bunch of musicians of their royalties. You are the Suge Knight. <laughs> are you bulletproof? I'll take that. <laughs> I will take that. All right, so. We should wrap this up. What do we have to plug before we get out of here? Patreon.com slash unpops. Yes, please. For $5 subscribe. a month, you can get a bunch of bonus episodes. You can hear or- my voice weekly. You can hear Aaron Peter's voice. Mm-hmm. You can uh, hear Adam Todd Brown all in your ears. All, of all in it. You can hear Brett B. Chill AF. Oh, hey. How's it going? That is kind oh, of creepy. Me, I don't like that. Nothing. I do not like that at all. No, don't ever do that again. If you want to hear more musings on uh, the Russia shit and my voice along with ATBs, you can listen to his episode on Profile. Profiles and Eccentricity. Yeah, yeah. Profiles and Eccentricity is a really good podcast. Aww. It's consistently very, very funny. You hear a that? Fantastic podcast. You can go back out of your shell. Look at you. Thanks. Oh, hey. Oh, Thanks hey. Oh, wow. I'm, I'm just chill. And I'm just also, chilling. guys, if is you're ever in the uh, beautiful city of? of Los Angeles, California, uh, and what? Los Angeles, <laughs> California, man, keep up, man. I'm trying to use abbreviations <laughs> for the millennials. Damn it. But if you're ever in the city, uh, if you happen to be in town the final Saturday, of the month. We do a live unpops taping at the Hollywood Hotel. We're doing a live episode of Brouhaha. Brouhaha. Very cool. People. We're going to be telling jokes beforehand. There'll be beverages, maybe snacks. So many chops. Mm. There's going to there, be there'll, a, there'll definitely be some chop. Uh, there's going to be, I believe, a trumpet player. Ooh. Whoa. Yeah, they're they're swinging for the fences with their live podcast. I'm going to have to <laughs> shut a, it down ra- if it's that, too entertaining. Is that a racial con? Swinging for the fences because of the, the whole baseball thing? I don't know. No. Okay. No, absolutely not. Samantha, do you have anything to plug? <laughs> um, you can follow me on Twitter. I'm at Comic Wisdom, and I'm coming out with a new poetry book soon, so stay in touch if you are a weirdo and like poetry. Nice. Weirdos. Weirdo hey. Poetry. Poetry's coming soon. Nice. Her, new t- her new title book, oh, her new book title, uh, Weird Poetry. Brett, do you have anything? No. <laughs> Good. Uh, Brent, oh, uh, Brent I'm, will be I'm, chill as fuck uh, wherever he is. I'm doing uh, Flappers Comedy Club Ooh. in oh, May, May twenty. Yeah. Oh yeah, you are Sunday, May twenty seventh. Okay, yeah, main, yeah. main room, Flappers Ooh. Comedy Club. Ooh. Uh, 
you know, figure it out for yourself if you want. Yeah. Watch him work. Guys. Go to Burbank. Yeah, check it out. Find Aaron. Yeah. All right, let's get the fuck out of here. Samantha, say goodbye. Bye. Bye, Samantha. Aaron, say goodbye. Goodbye. Quincy. I can follow instructions. Brett. Goodbye. Goodbye, everybody. We love you. Bristol Street, bring a blood object to Bristol Street. Ha, ha, ha.